Hello, beautiful people. Welcome back to another episode on the Heartled Wellness Podcast. It's Tuesday again, and I'm so happy to have you here. I am feeling really good right now. It is finally warming up outside and we're getting into summer. I'm on cycle day 13 and I love the follicular phase energy. It just feels so good. <laughs> Had a dance party this morning, like always. Also, they finally fixed the air conditioning in my apartment, if you remember from last week, so I'm feeling much better. My nervous system is feeling much more regulated because it was very hot and it was really bothering me, as I'm sure you could tell from last week's intro to the episode. But anyway, I'm also finally recovering from a little cold that I had last week, so that feels good too. Everything is on the up and up, and I'm feeling great, and I hope you're feeling great too. So today's episode is all about the nervous system and the different states of our nervous system and how our thoughts are not actually the problem, and trying to change our thoughts doesn't really work when the root of the problem is the nervous system. So I'm talking about that and specifically how it relates to food and our bodies and how disordered eating and eating disorders and just messy relationship with food is actually a symptom of nervous system dysregulation and then also how our body image is impacted by our nervous system too which I feel like can be very helpful has been very helpful in my own life and my own path of healing my relationship to food and my body and I really hope it's helpful for you as well so without anything else let's get right into today's episode I really hope that the information I'm going to share in today's episode will impact your life and help you feel more happy and content and peaceful as much as it has impacted my own life. I feel like we spend a lot of time, especially in the self-help world, focused on our thoughts and affirmations and really doing a lot of this logical brain processing work, which is really important, but at the same time, having an understanding of our nervous systems and the different states of our nervous system and how that impacts our thoughts has changed everything for me and I think it can change things for you as well because it really helps give us a lot of a deeper understanding of how our thoughts are connected to our body and how just trying to address our thoughts alone doesn't really answer the full picture of the problem. So today I'm going to specifically talk about the three different states of our nervous system and the different thoughts that we have in those different states and then how this relates to our relationship with food and our bodies and different food behaviors that we may engage in and how we feel about our bodies. But you can apply this information to any area of your life, but I'm just gonna focus a lot on food and body in this specific episode. So I used to think that something was wrong with me for having a lot of quote unquote dark thoughts. Like it felt like my default mode of thinking was just darkness. Like I would just automatically go to feeling bad about myself, tearing myself apart, feeling hopeless and all of these really intense dark emotions seem to kind of just be my default and for a long time I seemed or I tried to address this state of being with talk therapy and doing mental emotional work and trying to change my thoughts and affirmations and all of this really brain stuff and 
it did work a little bit and it did help me make some progress but i made the most progress when i realized that the thoughts i was having in my brain were actually not the real problem they were just a symptom of something more deeper going on in my body specifically in my nervous system and when i understood how to help regulate my nervous system better and i started to actually create a life that was supportive of my nervous system then my thoughts kind of started to change on their own and I didn't really have to force them to change themselves. So like I just said, our thoughts are a surface level sign of the state of our nervous system. They're just the tiny little iceberg above the water that we can see, but they actually indicate a lot more about what's going on beneath the surface. So you can tell what state of the nervous system you are in by paying attention to your thoughts, but also by paying attention to the sensations you feel in your body, your heart rate, your breathing, the emotions that you're experiencing, your energy levels, and also the behaviors that you're engaging in can also be an indication of what state of the nervous system you are in. I like to think of our thoughts kind of like the check engine light on a car you know on the dashboard of your car when the little light comes on that tells you you need to go get your car fixed or serviced that little light comes on that says check engine and this this is kind of like our thoughts if we imagine this light coming on in the car you could just take a hammer and start smashing the dashboard and the light would probably turn off because you would break the light and it would go away. And you might think, oh yeah, I, f- I fixed the problem, the light is off, but you haven't actually addressed the root problem of the engine that needed its service. And this is the same with our thoughts. If we have a thought come up that maybe is not a helpful thought or a thought that we don't really want to be thinking, maybe something like, I hate my body or I feel so alone, We could just try to smash that thought with a hammer by reframing it and saying, I love my body, I'm beautiful, I'm not alone, I'm so supportive, and try to just kind of smash it away and just change it away. But we're not actually addressing the engine, the root problem, which is the nervous system and our beliefs about life and our subconscious understanding of ourselves, these more deeper rooted issues that are actually causing that thought to come up. So we don't actually need to address the thought itself, we need to address the deeper root of this situation. So a lot of what I'm going to talk about today comes from a concept, a theory called polyvagal theory, and this is a newish, newer theory on the autonomic nervous system. In the old view of the nervous system, there was kind of just this black and white thinking there were two options. We were either stressed or we're not stressed. We're either in the parasympathetic or the sympathetic. And it was kind of this either or pathway. But with polyvagal theory, there are three primary states that our nervous system can be in, which are the three that I'm going to talk about in more detail today. So it's not just a matter of stressed or not stressed. There's kind of a lot more nuanced in this situation with polyvagal theory and it has to do with the vagus nerve and I'm not a an expert on polyvagal theory but I just am passionate about it and have loved learning about it and has really helped me understand my own thoughts and my relationship with food and you know mental health conditions like depression anxiety things like that having an understanding of polyvagal theory can be extremely supportive in these cases so to start it out i want to talk about the three states so we have the ventral state the sympathetic state and the dorsal state those are the three main ones in polyvagal theory so the ventral state ventral vagal 
is the parasympathetic rest and digest state. It is when we feel safe and social and the emotions that you might be feeling when you are in this state are really connected, connected to yourself, connected to others, connected to the world in general. You might be feeling really curious and open-minded, grounded and present in your body and grateful. Those are all emotions that you might be feeling. And as I'm going through these, I want you to try to think about times in your life when you have felt this way to see if you can create real life examples for yourself of when you've been in these different states. So in this ventral state, those are the emotions that we might be experiencing. And as far as our bodies, we can experience more regulated breathing, like a really relaxing, calm breathing pattern. We might have really good digestion. We're feeling really attentive and alert and also at ease and relaxed at the same time in our bodies. And when we talk about thoughts, the thoughts that might be going through your mind when you are in this ventral vagal state are, I feel safe, this is fun, I'm grateful, I love being alive. One of my favorite ones lately has been, I love life, when I'm just feeling so connected to myself and in love with life. Obviously, this is when I'm in that ventral vagal state and I have these thoughts going on in my mind. And behaviors that we might be engaging in when we're in the ventral vagal state are things like laughing and smiling and playing and meditating, engaging in intimacy and eating calmly. These are all behaviors that indicate we are in the ventral vagal state. So when we are not in the ventral vagal state, we can also be in another state called the sympathetic state. And this state is fight or flight. It's mobilization. It's when we want to take action. I like to think of this state as like our traditional stressed, anxious state. You might be feeling defensive, irritable, worried, panicky, avoidant, maybe angry, just that stressful feeling that we all have experienced before. And specifically in the state, it's a mobilization state. So meaning that means that we want to take action with the energy that we're feeling in our body, which is when we hear the words fight or flight, this is what our our bodies were programmed to do if we were chasing if we were being chased by a lion or we needed to fight somebody back, it's we have all this built up energy that we can use to help us survive when we're in the sympathetic state. So sensations that we might be feeling in our body when we are in this state are a heart racing, maybe more shallow breathing, you feel a little bit restless and jittery, your blood pressure can go up, and you might be having thoughts like, this is so overwhelming, there's too much on my plate right now, or I'm going to be late. It's this overwhelmed energy where you feel like there's so much going on and you, your attention kind of feels all over the place in a way. And behaviors that we might experience in the state are defensiveness, maybe perfectionism, trying to get everything in control and perfect, avoidance, controlling, like I said, and even aggression can all be things that we experience when we're in the sympathetic state. And the third state of the nervous system is the dorsal vagal state. And this is a state of shutdown, collapse, freeze, depletion. And we get to this state when we've been in sympathetic for too long because our bodies can only stay in that sympathetic fight or flight state 
for a period of time because it takes a lot of energy to be in this intense state and so when we are stuck in that state for so long and we don't feel or we don't have the tools to go back to the ventral vagal safety state our body goes into this third state called the dorsal vagal state and this is a self-preservation method it's something that our nervous system does to try to protect us and keep us from feeling an intense amount of pain and this is an immobile immobilization state so in this state it's the opposite of sympathetic where we often feel numb or depressed or disassociated or shut down hopeless withdrawn and we might be feeling sensations in our body like a decrease in our heart rate and blood pressure less ability to make eye contact with people we have less awareness of ourself of ourselves and of others and i just feel and when i think about myself and when times i've been in this state in my life it's definitely been when i have felt more depressed and numb and just out of my body type experience and the thoughts that might be going through your mind when you're in this dorsal state are things like this is hopeless what's the point i can't do this anymore no one understands or no one understands me or i'm so alone oftentimes we feel that sense of loneliness and isolation and this is a sign that we are in the dorsal vagal state because oftentimes we know that these thoughts are not true we know that we're not actually alone we know that we have people in our lives that love us and we know that we can do hard things and get through them we know that there's purpose in our lives but when you're in that dorsal vagal state you often forget about all of those things and the thoughts that you're having feel so true and so real and it's because your nervous system is in this state and our, your thoughts are a reflection of that state. So the behaviors that we might experience in this, this dorsal vagal shutdown state are things like self-abandonment, excessive sleep, isolating yourself, having low motivation. It's that really low, slow energy in this state. So those are the three states of the nervous system. We have ventral vagal, safety, and social. We have sympathetic activation which is fight or flight wanting to take action and then we have the dorsal vagal state which is the shutdown freeze collapse depletion state so how does this all relate to food that is what i want to talk about in this episode so disordered eating is actually an indication of a dysregulated nervous system this is why when people say healing your relationship with food is not actually about the food it's about your life and your emotions and your relationship to yourself and to others and to boundaries because having a dysregulated nervous system is often a huge prerequisite to developing a disordered relationship with food because fortunately or unfortunately food is a very convenient coping mechanism that we can use it's something that we have to eat we can't just use abstinence like with other drugs or things like alcohol where we can just decide to never consume them again we have to eat for our own survival and because of that food is a very socially acceptable thing to rely on to help us cope with our emotions and another aspect of this is the fact that when we are infants when we're babies and we are feeling stressed or overwhelmed, oftentimes the thing that calms us down the most is breastfeeding or receiving nutrients from our mother or from a formula, whatever that happens to be for you. That is a very 
self-regulating experience because we feel safe, we feel fed, we feel nourished. And so what I'm trying to say is that that biological drive to use food as comfort is built into all of us. But unfortunately, sometimes when we have traumatic things happen in our lives or other emotions that take us out of this ventral state and we kind of get stuck in the sympathetic or the dorsal state, we end up using food to help regulate our nervous systems and regulate our emotions. And we're not really aware that we're doing this. Oftentimes it's kind of a background thing because our nervous systems work at a subconscious level. They are trying to get us back to safety and help us feel safe even when we're not consciously thinking about it so you might not be aware that you're feeling really restless or even just slightly stressed or agitated at the end of the day but your nervous system is very aware that you're feeling this way and it's going to have you engage in behaviors that will help bring you to safety as quickly as possible so that might mean you end up find yourself mindlessly eating a big bag of cashews when you weren't even hungry and that's because your nervous system was trying to find a way to help soothe and cope with that restlessness that you are experiencing so emotional eating and eating when we're not hungry is often driven by this dysregulation in our nervous system and at the same time not knowing how to self-regulate because We are all going to experience dysregulation throughout our lives. That's a normal part of life. We can't expect to just live in this ventral state of safety and feeling happy and grateful all the time. It's actually a healthy thing to experience to go between the different states because that's what we need to do when we do have more stress on our plate or we do need to get something done. We need to be able to go in and out of the different states. But the problem is when we get stuck like quote-unquote stuck in a in a dysregulated state or when we don't know how to self-soothe and regulate without food that's when we have a problem because we don't know the tools or we haven't been taught the tools to go back to the ventral state and get back to a safe place without relying on food so this is why it's not just a dysregulated nervous system that causes emotional eating it's the dysregulated nervous system paired with not knowing how to self-regulate because if we know how to self-regulate and how to self-soothe then we can experience stress and other emotions without relying on food so you don't have a food problem or a weight problem it's much deeper than that it's not about the food it's about your emotions and your beliefs about yourself and about life and your relationship to your nervous system. So now I'm going to explain the three different states and the different food behaviors that we might experience in these different states. So kind of the same thing that I just went through, but this time it's going to be solely focused on food and our relationship with food and different disordered habits and behaviors that we can experience in the different states. So when we're in the ventral state, which is the rest and digest, grateful, peaceful state, We have a regulated appetite and it's really easy to coordinate our eating with our physical hunger. So we start to experience hunger, we start to think about what we're going to eat, we eat the food, we easily stop when we feel satisfied and nourished, and we move on with our life. And it's this very matched, flowy relationship where we are pairing our hunger and our eating together. And it's also in the ventral state where it's easy to tap into what our body is needing. So you're a lot more able to 
sense the types of foods that you're craving and that's a huge indication of what your body is needing so maybe for some reason you just really want to eat carrots today and you're in when you're in the ventral state it's a lot easier to actually connect with that intuition and with that desire to eat a carrot and listen to your body and give your body what it is needing but then when we go into the sympathetic state so this is the fight or flight take action state this is where a lot of times we have a lot of food related issues come up when we are living in the sympathetic state you might feel like you have a lot of obsessive thoughts about food like this constant mind chatter about food like it feels like from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed you're thinking about what you're going to eat next how much you just ate at your last meal what you're going to eat tomorrow watching what i eat in a day videos planning out your meals thinking about your food and your weight and your body it's just this constant obsession about th- about food and on a side note, sometimes this can also be an indication that we are under eating and not eating enough because funnily enough, is funnily a word, <laughs> funnily enough, when we do not eat enough, we put our bodies into the sympathetic state. So it goes both ways. We can get into the sympathetic state through our emotions and our thoughts, but also our, our behaviors can put us into this state as well. So if we're under eating, it's very stressful on the nervous system and puts us in the sympathetic state, which is going to lead to us having more obsessive thoughts and mind chatter about food. But even if we are eating enough, and that's not the actual problem, we can still be in the sympathetic state due to emotional and other reasons that I will talk about. So back to what I was saying, when we are in the sympathetic state, we often have lots of obsessive thoughts about food and our appetite can be disrupted or absent. So you might feel extremely hungry or you might feel like you have no appetite at all. And some research has shown that people either go either way in this situation some people when they feel really stressed they feel ravenous and they just eat and eat and eat and other people when they feel really stressed completely lose their appetite and won't eat for days and don't even realize it so everybody is different in this case but your appetite won't be correlated with what your body is actually needing also we tend to crave crunchy and salty foods when we're in the sympathetic state because like i said this is a state about mobilization and taking action and often chewing really crunchy foods like crackers and chips and you know these more like things that you just chew and chew and they're super crunchy it feels good to expel that energy on something it feels productive it feels almost a little bit like you're getting that tension out of your body and you're putting it into something so this is why a lot of times we crave those crunchy foods when we're in the sympathetic state which is very interesting to me because it all goes back to the fact that our bodies are trying to express the stress through our movements and we often don't allow ourselves to express emotions through our bodies and this is when we end up relying on things like food to cope with our emotions because we're not letting our bodies physically express that energy So some other things that we might experience with food when we're in the sympathetic state are restricting our food, under eating, and then also on the other end of it, binging and overeating and emotionally eating, and even engaging in behaviors like purging or using excessive exercise as a way to cope with what we are feeling in our nervous system. And then finally, with the dorsal state, when we are in this state, oftentimes 
we are unable to feel our hunger and fullness cues. So this is that state of numbness and disassociation. And so it makes sense that when we're in this state, we really can't feel much that's going on in our bodies at all. You might find that you just can't tell if you're hungry or if you're full, and it kind of just feels like this empty numbness inside of your body. And you might be thinking when you're eating a meal, am I hungry? Am I full? Did I eat enough? I don't know. You kind of just feel this confusion around your hunger and fullness cues. That could be a sign that you're in the dorsal state. Also in this state, our digestion shuts down. So this is when we might experience a lot of digestive issues. I mean, we can also experience digestive issues in the sympathetic state, but in the dorsal state, that is a very common symptom. We also might tend to rely on extreme measures to feel in our body because we feel this numbness and we want to feel connected to our body again. So we might rely on extreme things like really intense exercise or maybe eating really large amounts of food or under eating to a great degree in order to feel sensation in our bodies again. So just like the sympathetic state, our appetite can be disrupted or absent in this state as well. And we might actually tend to crave more creamy, comforting foods when we're in the dorsal state. So more like soups and cheeses and creamy ice cream, like those types of really comforting foods when we're in the dorsal state. So when we have programmed a response to use food to help regulate our nervous system, this is a very effective strategy in the short term because it does make us feel better while we are eating or restricting or whatever behavior we're engaging in. It helps us feel safe and comforted and like we have control, but in the long run, this is not a very healthy coping strategy because it might be impacting your health, it might be impacting your mental health, your relationship with food obviously is probably not the best and you might just not feel very great in your body and ultimately we want to be able to have the health that we crave and the relationship with food that we crave and we get there by helping our nervous systems feel safe and having tools outside of food to help us get back to that safe state the ventral state when we are feeling dysregulated So that's how the nervous system can impact our relationship with food, but it can also impact our relationship to our bodies and the thoughts that we have going on in our minds about our bodies. Now, this is very helpful to understand because it will kind of help pull you out of the thick of it and take you out of that intense thought spiral that you might be having about your body and help you see it from a different perspective because just how our thoughts about life are influenced by the state of our nervous system and our thoughts about food our thoughts about our self appearance and our physical bodies are also influenced by the state of our nervous systems so even if your physical body doesn't actually change your perception of yourself can change. Now, this is super important to understand because we often think it's the body that's the problem and that we need to change our bodies when in reality, it's just our nervous system and the thoughts that we have going on inside of our mind. I often think about a time in my life to help illustrate this example when 
I was working on healing my relationship with the scale because the scale is something that is just data. It's a number on a box on the floor of your bathroom and it shouldn't have so much power over us and so much control over us where we feel like our the quality of ourselves is connected to a number on the scale. I feel like that is such an unhealthy mindset to get into. I wanted to have the same relationship with the scale that I have with a thermometer. Just like when I take my temperature, it doesn't mean anything about myself. It doesn't make me a better or worse person depending on my temperature for the day. It's just data that I can use to help understand my body better. So anyway, when I was trying to heal my relationship with the scale, I was basically using exposure therapy to expose myself to weighing myself so it would lose its emotional intensity and I would understand how much our bodies fluctuate on a day-to-day basis based off of what we've eaten the day before and our emotions and where we are in our cycles and just how much our bodies truly fluctuate. So long story short, when I was doing this experiment, I was weighing myself every single day to help neutralize the intensity that I was feeling around the scale and I noticed that there would be days when I would feel really good about my body like really confident you know when you have a good body image day and you just feel really good in your skin and you are loving your body and then I would also have days where I felt the complete opposite and I wasn't feeling too good about my body and how I looked and how I felt and the funny thing was that Often on these days, I would weigh the exact same amount from one day when I was feeling really confident, really good in my skin to the next day when I wasn't feeling the best, I my weight hadn't changed at all. So I realized through this experiment that the thoughts going through my head and my nervous system were impacting how I felt about my body more than my actual weight because my weight hadn't changed at all and I could prove it by looking at the numbers, looking at the data, so I could prove to myself that I wasn't playing tricks on myself, my body didn't change overnight, it was truly exactly the same and it was just the state of my nervous system that had changed. And I remember having a moment when I was going through this experiment realizing this and I felt so much more free around my body and around food because I realized that my nervous system was much more important than my actual body. It wasn't actually about what I looked like or what I weighed. It was about prioritizing feeling good in my nervous system and taking really good care of myself. This is like the deep self-care that I talk about because when I take really good care of myself on a daily basis with the foods I eat and making sure I give myself space to relax and reduce stress and really taking good, deep, good care of myself, that is when I feel really confident and good in my skin, regardless of what I weigh or what I look like. So it's not about trying to change our thoughts because if we try to just change our thoughts, it's going back to the analogy I said at the beginning, like a hammer on a check engine light. We're not actually addressing the root problem and we might not actually make any progress. We want to focus on changing our nervous system and helping create safety in our bodies and bringing ourselves back to this ventral state and the thoughts will change on their own. We don't have to try to change them on their own. You will, or we don't have to try and change them. They will change on their own. You will find yourself feeling a lot more connected to your body and confident in your skin and like you actually love the way you look when your nervous system is more regulated. 
So you're probably wondering now, how do I do this? How do I get back to the ventral rest and digest safe state in my body when I'm feeling dysregulated so I don't have to rely on food or believe the thoughts that I have about my body and I can feel more confident in my body and more present and grounded? Well, I'm going to give you a few tips, things that have helped me and things that I know are very regulating for the nervous system. So the first thing I want to say is to realize, like I've mentioned throughout this whole episode, that your thoughts are not the actual problem. Once you notice yourself having these thoughts about your body or about food, then you can try to identify maybe what state of the nervous system you are in. And immediately when you start doing this process, you're taking yourself out, you're becoming the observer, and you're not getting sucked into the thoughts themselves so it's kind of like watching yourself from a third perspective and the reason this happens is because whenever we start to engage in more logical thinking we actually start using different parts of our brain and it helps pull us out of that real emotional intensity and into a more rational logical state and it can help us see that maybe the thoughts that we're having right now are not true and believing them is not helping there's a quote that i heard one time that i'm probably going to get this wrong but it was something along the lines of when we believe all the thoughts that we have we suffer and that is a huge realization to have that every thought that goes through your mind is not truth in fact most of them are not true and understanding that when you are in a dysregulated state it might be good to tread lightly around your thoughts and not take them as truth because you understand that your nervous system is dysregulated right now and the thoughts that you're having are probably not accurate but on the other hand when you're feeling really relaxed and calm and you know you're in a regulated state that's when it's a lot better to trust your thoughts and know that the things you're thinking are probably a lot more true so that's my first piece of advice is to not get sucked into the thoughts that you're having and to notice them and realize that it means your nervous system is needing support and if you can identify which state you are specifically in that can be even more helpful now the second thing that i want to say is it is so important to get support because the nervous system and humans in general we are wired for connection and support and there's something called co-regulation which is when the nervous system of somebody else who is regulated can help you regulate your own nervous system so being surrounded by people who are supportive and loving and kind is extremely 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 important and i specifically want you to listen to this if you feel like you are struggling with food and your body because oftentimes people who struggle with food and body image stuff are genuinely more introverted people who feel like they don't need help from anyone you might feel like you are capable of doing everything on your own and you don't need support and you probably are a very capable person who is intelligent and can do things on your own but isolating ourselves and rejecting help or not asking for help is something that keeps us from actually healing and actually recovering and growing because our nervous systems actually need the support of somebody who is regulated in order for us to learn safety and learn that it is okay to relax into safety and to let go of the struggle that we are experiencing. So this might be through your family or your friends or working with a coach like myself or somebody else who can help you 
regulate your nervous system and help you heal your relationship with food and with your body. That is extremely, extremely important. And also along the lines of this, sometimes having more structure and having a plan can actually give us more confidence to surrender and let go of the food struggle. I'm specifically talking about food in this case. I found for myself and for other people that sometimes when we just kind of have a free-for-all around food and just have no structure about what to eat and how what types of foods will make us feel good and are the best for our health, sometimes doing that can be even more dysregulating because it just feels so out there like floating in space with no boundaries versus when you have a healthy plan something that is realistic and reasonable and something you can do for the rest of your life and you know how you're going to put your meals together when you're cooking for yourself and you know what you're going to do when you travel and just having a a more thought out healthy plan can be extremely soothing and regulating because it allows us to actually let go of the struggle and surrender to the structure that we have created for ourselves and not have to think about it all the time. So if you're needing help with coming up with a plan about how to actually eat that will help you reach your goals and help you feel good, please reach out to me. I would love to support you in that. Another tip I have is, this is extremely, extremely important. This probably should be the number one tip. I don't know. They're all very important. Okay. Anyway, it is to create safety in your body and to start to notice things that feel good in your daily life. I remember when I first started to learn about this, I felt like it was not very productive like we just want to like address the trauma and go straight into the intensity and talk about all the things that went wrong in our lives and you know talk about everything that's going on and sometimes that's actually not very helpful and it can be more helpful to find things that feel really good and safe in our bodies because when we have had a lot of trauma and this could be capital t trauma or lower key lowercase t trauma When we have had a lot of those intense experiences in our lives, sometimes we have created this like memory bank and this like collection of memories and thoughts that we are using to influence our perception about life. And so we are seeing seeing life through a lens of trauma, basically. And when this happens, we often feel extra sensitive to everything and we kind of assume that everything is just going to go wrong and that we're going to feel anxious all the time and stressed all the time because that's the baseline that we have created in our lives. So we want to start to create new memories and new experiences in that memory bank that can change our perception. So if we are starting to notice all the times in our life that we feel really safe and really calm and held and connected, And we are specifically bringing our attention to them. We are reinforcing them by thinking about them as they happen. We start to create new evidence and new experiences in our body and in our nervous system that life is safe and that we are safe and that we can enjoy ourselves and we can have fun. And when we do this over time, we are much more able to regulate and self-soothe because we have more experiences that we can lean on to find that safety. So one thing I like to do is taking mental pictures or mental videos when something really amazing is happening or when you just feel really safe and good in your life. So 
maybe you are at the beach and you're laying in the sun and you can hear the waves and it's just a perfect day and you feel so safe and so calm and so grounded when you're in that moment really pay attention to all of the sensations that you're feeling how does it feel in your body where do you feel that sensation in your body what are the five senses that you're experiencing what are they experiencing and getting really clear about that situation because then you can have an easier time recalling it later on when maybe you're looking for safety if you've spent time to really capture all the details of it when you're in the moment it becomes easier to remember it later on and another way i like to kind of include this in my life is with a game called doubling and doubling is basically when you lay in your bed at the end of the night you can put your hands on your heart or you can just lay there and i want you to think about some of the beautiful things that happened during your day even if they were little things like you opened your window and you got a whiff of fresh morning air and it just smelled so good or you took a shower and you were listening to music while you were showering and you just felt so relaxed it can be little things or it can be maybe more big things like you got a job promotion or it was your birthday something really exciting happened and when you're laying in bed you replay that moment or that memory in your day again and you feel the sensation as if it was happening again in your body and when you do this you're doubling the experience so you're taking a happy pleasant experience that you had during that day and you're experiencing it again and your body doesn't actually know the difference between whether it's happening now or in the past or in the future when we visualize and imagine it happening our body actually feels like it's happening right now so you're getting another flood of feel-good hormones and you are really reinforcing that safety and and calmness in your nervous system and in your body again and all of this to say we want to just create more experiences in our life that help us feel safe and calm because over time like i said this will increase our ability to regulate and it will be much easier to experience emotions in our body fully and not have to rely on food or other coping mechanisms and feel better about ourselves feel more confident and connected to ourselves when we have much more evidence that it is safe to be us and it is safe to experience life which is something that a lot of us maybe have not had the experience of having when we have grown up feeling really sensitive to everything maybe you experience trauma like i said or even just the trauma of diet culture and especially for us women it is very intense to grow up maybe hearing your mom complain about her body all the time and seeing all these advertisements on social media or in magazines or whatever it is that tell us that we should look differently in order to be successful and to be loved that can be traumatizing to grow up with that message constantly being thrown at us and we feel like we need to change ourselves in order to be accepted by society even that experience alone can be traumatizing to the nervous system so we want to create these experiences of safety so we can have a new baseline of feeling good in our bodies and not feeling so triggered all the time and the last tip that i have for you relates specifically to food in the nervous system and this is to create calmness around eating situations a lot of times we don't realize how much we are not in the ventral vagal state when we are eating 
there's a lot of urgency sometimes with eating maybe you're like rushing around the kitchen trying to make your food as fast as you can and you're like putting food in your mouth as you're walking to sit down or maybe you don't even sit down to eat at all and you're just walking around eating or you know just that urgent sense of feeling around food of trying to eat it as quickly as possible or you might be feeling more of this anxious feeling or contraction feeling when you're making your food or when you're ordering food at the restaurant just all of these emotions that we might be experiencing around food they really impact our nervous system obviously they're a sign that we're feeling dysregulated and that can impact our ability to feel our hunger and fullness cues like i mentioned and from last week's episode i talked about how this can impact our experience with dopamine and how much pleasure we actually receive from the food if we're feeling really stressed out and our nervous system is activated we're not able to sense that dopamine flood as easily which can lead to us overeating and eating more than our bodies actually need because we're just trying to get that hit in a way so creating calmness around your eating situations is extremely helpful because when you are eating from the rest and digest parasympathetic calm state the ventral state obviously this is much better for your digestion and for your physical health but it is also so much easier like i said to actually connect to your body and listen to your body and not have to rely on calorie counting or obsessing over your food because you are so connected to your actual body so you can do this by obviously minimizing distractions around eating you know the the things that we hear about with mindful eating like eating with full presence and not with a lot of loud noises or tvs or things like that on Um, but it also can be with just by noticing when you're maybe not feeling that calmness and allowing that calmness to be there allowing that emotion to fully move through your body and maybe finding something in your body that feels safe while you're experiencing that dysregulation so it's kind of the practice of holding two awarenesses at the same time so you might be feeling this urgency around food and this rush or dysregulation in your body but at the same time maybe you can just bring your attention to your feet on the ground or the sit but your sit bones against the chair or maybe the conversation that you're having with your family or your friends And you can kind of start to play with holding the awareness of both the urgency that you're feeling or the stress or the panic and also the safety. And over time, you will start to create more calmness around eating and it won't be such an urgent, rushed process. Even the fact of taking a few deep breaths before you eat or if you notice yourself feeling really restless or nervous or panicky around food taking a deep breath and reminding yourself that you want to create this calmness around eating can be extremely helpful. So overall, what I want you to get from this episode is the fact that our nervous systems impact our thoughts and our behaviors much more than we realize. And especially in the context of healing your relationship with food and your body image, it is so important to have an understanding of your nervous system and the things that you can do to help yourself find safety and regulate so that way you don't have to rely on food to cope with those emotions and at the same time you start to feel a lot more confident and connected to your body the majority of the time. And this is obviously a process that takes time and it's a continual evolution of growing and realizing that your body and your nervous system are doing their best 
all the time to help you feel safe and when we work with our nervous systems and give our bodies the tools that they're needing to help regulate life is so much more fun and so much better you feel so much better around food and in your body in general so that is all i have for this episode like always if you are looking for more one-to-one support individualized support with your specific case i would love to support you in that way please don't hesitate to reach out to me. I hope you're having an amazing Tuesday and I cannot wait to connect with you again next week.